We're just gearing up for midterm coverage. So tomorrow the midterms are here in the US. And so, yeah, planning all of that. It's uh, interesting times in the United States. We, I think everyone has very strong opinions about what's uh, gonna happen. Hello, and welcome to Freelance Pod. My name's Chandrika Chakrabarti, and I'll be your host. Freelance Pod is all about how the internet has changed the world of work. On each episode, I'll speak to a guest about freelancing, side hustles, the gig economy, jobs that weren't possible before the internet, and how moving from an analogue to a digital age has revolutionised the way we work. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, I'd love to hear from you. So please do follow Freelance Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also join the Facebook group, and you don't have to be a freelancer to get involved. Our guest this week is Jordan Gospore. Jordan is from Texas and has studied journalism in both the UK and the US. She's worked as a journalist in both countries too, writing for Mail Online in London and now working on the Mother Jones podcast in New York. I spoke to Jordan the day before the US midterms, so in early November 2018. The result? Democrats took the House by the largest margin in history. There were more historic firsts. The first Native American women and the first female Muslim representatives were elected to Congress, and the first openly gay man was elected a governor. It was the largest midterm voter turnout since 1914. My first full-time job in journalism was working for the Associated Press, the American news agency. I was based in the London Bureau. I've always been fascinated by the differences between the two countries and how they do journalism. Let's see what Jordan has to say about it. My name is Jordan Gospore, and I am a digital media fellow with Mother Jones in New York City. I would describe Mother Jones as a publication based on their tagline, because I real, really do feel like their mission does lend itself to its tagline, which is smart and fearless journalism. I'm from Texas originally, and my family in Texas might say that Mother Jones is a very liberal publication. And there's some credence to that, but I really do feel like they are very fair and balanced and very meticulous. Um, there's a lot of fact-checking involved. The reporters are at the top of their game. The folks that we have on staff are very knowledgeable and have spent many years working on their beat. And I'm very privileged to work in a newsroom with so many talented journalists who really are very passionate about journalism and making sure it's factual. I'm a, I'm a digital media fellow in the New York City office, and so I uh, mainly work with the Mother Jones podcast. And um, I've been here for about two months, and I got back from my master's at City in June, at the end of June. It was a 10-month program, and before that, I was working at Mail Online, and part of I was a trainee with Mail Online. So that sent me to their London office, and that's what put me in Hull for about four or five months. I was in Hull at the Hull Daily Mail. Um, as part of Mail Online's trainee scheme. Mother Jones has two podcasts, and um, the other one is Byte, and very much like involved in every step of each episode, from um, the initial idea to potential guests, uh, pre-interviews, to writing the script draft, to setting up the equipment, to conducting the actual interviews. Um, to all of it. 
I think the best guest that I've spoken with, and that was also on the air, um, was a Native American voting rights activist um, down in Arizona on a reservation and talking about Native American voter suppression. And it was based on a story that one of our reporters did. And we had the reporter also on the show in a two-way um, the, this particular Native American voting rights activist, she's a high school teacher, and she was just so lovely to to speak with. And like, I talked to her for a part of it. The host talked to her. I talked to her during follow-up stuff um, and beyond for another, um, another episode that we were working on. And she just, I think she's the first guest so well, I guess a guess so far that has taught me something. There was a lot that I didn't know, or um, I had a, thought one thing, and it really wasn't that about Native American voting rights. Um, so she just was lovely to work with, and eloquent, and just highly intelligent. Jordan took the MA in Investigative Journalism at City University after transferring from the US to London as part of the Mail Online Trainee Scheme. Yeah, I mean, one of the draws for me at City, you know, was was really the connections with, with The Guardian and being on the investigations program, having people teach me going through their process of how to manage an investigation and how to work on an investigation step by step, you know, investigations that deal with international journalists, investigations that are six months to a year longer. You know, I had a teacher who actually two different teachers worked on WikiLeaks and I think they both worked on the Panama Papers. So that in itself, it's all important to learn and was a great experience and definitely a draw. In the US, not many people had really, when I talked to, to my friends and family about where I was working, I said mail online and they said, what is that? And I said, oh, the daily mail, but not really. And my, some of my family and friends knew about the Daily Mail. It's not like many of them had actually read anything. They had just heard of things. I mean, there's YouTube videos of parody songs about the Daily Mail. Um, and that sort of got to me, though, when, when people started piecing that together. And some of the comments, you know, were, but, you know, politically and like your ideology is not aligned with the Daily Mail. And I said, but, but you know, Mail Online is different. And I, you know, kept pressing that Mail Online is different. And, you know, that you, you, it kind of got to me when people um, would, would act like because of where I worked, they kind of already knew who I was and my personality. And that was the first time I had ever worked for a company where, where, that that occurred where like my personality had to be tied to that publication and that's not the case you know that's not why I decided to be a part of their trainee scheme it really was I wanted to get a chance to be able to do some international journalism I think that's definitely less common in the U.S. Uh, not to say that it doesn't exist that I think it has to do with a lot of where you come from, what state or what part of the country you come from, and what state and part of the country you're working. So for instance, me being from South Central Texas near Austin, the capital, that 
my family has very conservative political ideology and just me living and working in New York City is already like, I don't care what publication you work for, you're still working in New York City and that's a liberal city. And so you are sort of part of that quote liberal media. So there is a little bit of it, but it's I don't feel like it's as strong as what I encountered in the UK. What you find in the U.S. more with newspapers is the editorial board will have it very clear that it is an editorial, it is an opinion of who they are endorsing, you know, for a, for a candidate. And they won't be so blunt and outright as you should vote for X candidate. It's more of, hey, the opinion of the editorial board is we're endorsing this candidate because of X, Y, and Z reason. It's very clear. It's an opinion. And it's not a push for, hey, readers, you definitely should vote for this person because the other one is just scum. You know, it's not as sensational. When I was at City, one of my my tutors, he really loved The New Yorker. And uh, he said he loved The New Yorker because how much voice that they gave their, their writers. The writers wrote with a lot of voice. And that in the UK, and this was from my tutor, he had said, in the UK, we aren't really allowed to write with a voice and that's something that he liked better about the u.s is that even with our newspapers like feature writing that those reporters are allowed to write with more of a voice and i think that's true to a certain respect and from my my comparison of u.s and uk journalism outlets is the u.s does have more of a of a voice that that reporters are given a little bit more freedom to to write more colorfully when, you know, you can say that UK media, for instance, that it's colorful with a sensational journalism, like publications like the sun or the daily mail. But I think even like real reputable publications in the U S the New Yorker, the New York times, for instance, that they still have that the reporters still have a voice and it's not, um, it's, it's not seen as being sensational or, or, um, inaccurate or anything like that but i've noticed there's like slight slight differences in um how americans i feel like reporters write as opposed to british journalists and how i've been trained to write um the j school in the u.s and the j school in the uk for me i was taught to write slightly different um and i was given a little bit more freedom for in, in j school in the u.s to have more of a voice as well i mean I think I was a little bit, not censored, but taught in the UK to write a little bit more to a, um, like a template, to a, um, um, like a house style more so than I was in the US. I did work experience at the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. And I was even told by some of their editorial staff that their whole nonprofit model is based on publications like the Texas Tribune, which is based in Austin. And they're a nonprofit. They are very successful and they happen to make, um, they happen to make a lot of money doing what they're doing and to fund really good investigative data-driven journalism. And TBIJ sees something like the Texas Tribune and ProPublica and the Marshall Project as being sort of like the dream for the UK to have these nonprofit investigative publications. And I thought that was just so interesting that they specifically cited US publications as like, that's the goal that they're wanting to work toward is to be like a publication in Texas, which to me blew my mind. That thinking a publication in 
London wants to be like a publication in Texas. That that just blew my mind. And the steps that they're taking are, you know, the same steps that these US publications are taking. And I, you know, I wondered that is that necessarily a good good thing that because the UK audience is different and the way that the UK culture is different as well that I don't know like curious that how a UK publication trying to model itself after a US publication is going to work Jordan tells us about her internship at Texas Monthly where she worked alongside award-winning long-form journalist Pamela Collar well, I, I did a I did an internship, and really, her and um, another journalist, but really, Pam was like very willing of her giving up her time and to help me and the other intern like really shape a voice and be a mentor figure for us while we were there. So I have high respect for for Pam. She's awesome. <laughs> well, it was. Let me see. What year would this have been? Twenty fourteen or twenty thirteen that I was there, and she decided to like. So I'll step back. I had been very interested at that point in getting into investigative journalism, and I really wanted to do long form investigative feature stories, not unlike the stories that she does. And I was curious how one organizes their investigations. Like you're working on a story for a year. How do you keep track of everything? So I went in her office and like, she'd been clear that if her door was open, that we could come in and talk to her. And I popped into her office unannounced. And I was like, Hey, Pam, if you have a few minutes, I'm really would love to see your like filing system. And I remember that she got really excited. And she was like, not many people asked me about looking at my filing system. And she just got so giddy about organizing and I'm sort of, uh, I try to uh, semi-OCD organizing freak as well. She took me the step-by-step process of how she organizes her files on her computer and opened up these big file cabinets that were very long with file folders. And it was super organized, very meticulous. And we spent about an hour going through that process and me taking notes. And I just really appreciated that moment of one like not blowing me off and like staying true to her word about if her door was always open that you can come in and talk to her and taking an hour out of her day to go through a process um that you know maybe some other reporters would have found like ridiculous of an intern to ask or um didn't have the time and just would blow me off and she was very helpful and it was just interesting to see like I had way I had a lot of respect for her already but like more respect being like you were just such a hard worker you are just seeing your process you are such a professional you know especially me being so young at that point why I wanted to work with the mail and why I wanted to go back to city was to be able to work for UK and US publications and get a better feel for those journalists too and just that culture um and the thing that I really loved and in, in London was my classmates I was very surprised to meet so many people from all over the world um at City and he- hearing them and picking up different words here and there from their different languages and talking to them about journalism in their country too um that I would I don't necessarily think I would have gotten that in the US, maybe at Columbia, but I don't know of any other journalism school in the US that has that sort of international body like City. 
Jordan got the chance to use some of the investigative skills she'd learned at Texas Monthly to research a story for Mail Online. If you've heard about some of the problems in Flint, Michigan, the story might be even worse. When Jordan refers to the EPA, she's talking about the US Environmental Protection Agency. I wrote this story about a small town in West Virginia that had a higher than average cancer rate. Um, And they were a super fun site and still are to this day. And people in that small town, Minden, West Virginia, had been sort of battling the EPA over this super fun site in their town to get them to clean it up. So the Superfund sites in the U.S. are designated sites that are highly toxic in the U.S. Um, The EPA designates um, these sites and provides them funding for cleanup efforts. In this case, it was affecting, so the residents said, their water quality. And they felt like there was a tie between poor toxic water quality and the rate of cancer deaths in their town. And I found this story through... um, I think it was like CNN's Big Picture or some some other outlets like video series, and they did like just a blip on what was going on in this town. And I'm very passionate about water quality issues, um, and I pitched it to my features editor at the Mail, and like I was so surprised that she was like, "Yes, go ahead, do like a very long story about this small town in West Virginia," and I was like. Cool. She gave me, I think, two months to work on the story. We even sent someone to Minden, West Virginia to take photos and video. Um, I still stay in contact with two of my sources from that story. So one of my, for the first time too, one of the sources that I had died during the making of that story. So that was a first and very sad, not related to the, the water quality, but it was, I got to do a real, like, investigation and use data and use documents for a story that was going to be published on the mail. I I got to, yes. And it was, um, I got to put those organizing skills to the test because I had a lot of notes and interview tape and it was a lot of information to make sense of. I talked to different EPA officials, was blown off by a few EPA officials. A couple of those folks were not very pleasant to work with. So I got to have that experience, too, of dealing with angry sources, you know. <laughs> the problems in this town have been going on since the 80s. Um, so, you know, and also, like, with with the whole idea of, like, West Virginia and West Virginia being very red and voting for Trump, like, and then he, he, him wanting to slash the EPA's budget, you had, like, this newsy element to it, too. Here Jordan shares her top tips for freelance journalists. Well, I think number one, what has helped me the most is the listservs, actually, to subscribe to as many audio, print, regardless of city or country as well, listservs, um, and to keep your options open that way. And even if it's an assignment that you're interested in, but for whatever reason can't take on, contact that person who posted it and discuss the assignment with them, discuss the post with them form a connection that way. The listservs have been very beneficial to me. All I did was, yeah, I just Googled um, and it came up, I think one of the top results um, that I initially used was the Society of Professional Journalists. They had a compilation of listservs um, by category. So if you're interested in marketing, for instance, or PR or radio or print, these are the listservs they suggested. 
And I used that as a jumping off point. And then just talking to some of my radio friends helped me get connected with like the NYC radio listserv. And then on Facebook too, there's the different Facebook journalism groups. Um, There's UK freelance groups there. If anything, they've been helpful in forming a community. There's a sense of loneliness that sometimes um, freelancers might feel. And these Facebook groups, like you reading other people's stories and experiences and communicating with them has been helpful to me, Um, especially when I came back from my master's and didn't really know what to do next. I bounced a lot of ideas off of people on these Facebook groups that I've never met in person before, but have been very helpful. This was the first for me, and I'm really glad I did it. I applied for a freelance position um, with a former BBC producer for their new podcast. And I'm interviewed. I thought it went well. Um, We got along very well. And then I didn't get the position. And I, at first, obviously was a little perturbed, but I followed up because I enjoyed the person as a person. I followed up with, with her and just to, to say, you know, asking like, what sort of could I have, have done better? Like constructive feedback about it, the interview, but also that um, I enjoyed your company. Um, can we meet up again, possibly just off the cuff? And that has led to a really good friendship, but also keeping my foot still firmly planted in London, um, in the radio world there, that she's been very helpful in providing contacts and um, events that are coming up and people I should email. Very good resource. So my advice would be, even if you don't get a position, um, that to still follow up with that person and not necessarily ask for constructive feedback, but if you enjoyed spending time with them to still keep them in your, your network of, of journalism friends, don't be discouraged um, just because you didn't get the position because I'm really glad I continued to continue that conversation with her. We're just gearing up for midterm coverage. So tomorrow the midterms, are here in the US. And so, yeah, planning all of that. It's uh, interesting times in the United States. We, I think everyone has very strong opinions about what's uh, gonna happen. And as I said at the start of the episode, it was a record-breaking election in more than one way. Thanks to Jordan Gospore for discussing experience of UK and US journalism. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, I'd love to hear from you. So please do follow Freelance Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also join the Facebook group and you don't have to be a freelancer to get involved. If you enjoyed this episode of Freelance Pod, please do rate and review us. This helps other listeners find the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification every time there's a new episode of Freelance Pod. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.